0: Hello, hello, welcome everyone. It is another week. It is another time for fam friends and magic. A Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swigoi Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and as always, I am joined by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Kavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher.
1: What's up, fam? Hello.
2: How you doing?
0: hello everyone oh it's it's so great we're all back together we're feeling good before the podcast we were discussing groups of animals and had uh, some all-time favorites on that one uh, what was everyone's favorite group of animals so far Eric let's start with you what was your faves
2: uh, I really like cats so I'm gonna go with a Kindle of kittens
3: yes Kindle of kittens what about everybody else uh, hey. I'm gonna take I'm gonna go first before Caroline because I know <laughs> she's gonna take it from me a group of bears is Not called enough. a sloth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but the group of sloths is called a bed. It's true. <laughs> it's Everything so is much so much better good. than yours.
2: I wonder what a group of beds is called. A group of <laughs> bear obviously. Yeah, a bear of
0: beds. That's easy. A it's a bear of beds. That's all I do. I sleep on a bear of beds. It's fine. I'm what classy What was the
1: squid one? Squid. Were, that one was funny. Yeah. What a was shoal. A
0: squid? That one's not. Yeah, that was a shoal. A shoal. A shoal. A shoal. Me, I wear glasses. I'm very cultured, so I prefer a parliament of owls. That's what I... Oh,
1: yeah, the parliament of owls is very good. Yes,
0: They're very snooty. They come together and, look, they thumb their nose down at people. They go... (laughs) 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 But we are certainly not thumbing our noses down at well, anything regarding Magic the Gathering, because so much has happened. There's been a little bit of everything that's happened. Mythic Championships, banned and restricted announcements, new formats. Oh, my. There's been a whole bunch of stuff to talk about that uh, we just need we need to dig deep into it. But before we do that, we need to discuss how, everyone, how everyone's week has been in Magic. And so, Caroline, let's start off with you. How was your week in Magic?
1: Uh, it was pretty good. I spent a lot of it playing Arena. I streamed A lot last week even some of it being magic which is very exciting um this weekend i went to a little local draft event um here in vancouver and did a couple of drafts um watched the mc5 just really not any big events but really just got a little bit of everything i really quite enjoyed watching the coverage it was fun nice fabulous
0: eric how about you
2: uh like caroline i did watch mc5 it was uh it was pretty great I got to watch to see, you know, which decks were doing well, which matchups were doing, uh, like which deck was favored in each matchup. Um, But also I drafted a ton because I'm trying to get ready for MC6, MC Richmond. So uh, while I wasn't really sure what was going to go on with standard, I knew that the draft format would stay the same come MC Richmond. So I did a bunch of drafting. Nice. Fabulous. Sean, what about you?
3: yeah so i had regionals over the weekend i played devoted druid it went all right i mean i only went 2-2 so that could have gone better but i decided i'm gonna make some deck building ch- changes for columbus so i'm pretty excited about that and then obviously with our announcement i won't spoil what it is yet but uh, with the announcement that happened today i'm pretty ex- pretty excited to talk about it today
0: yeah there's gonna be plenty of things where sean is just gonna be in the background just going oh ooh, 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 i want to say something i want to say something and uh I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about in the future. For me, I've just been digging into Planeswalker decks that don't involve Oko, um, which has been uh, an exercise in futility. Which is what what I've learned so far this week is that sometimes you just you just can't fight what the what the best thing is in standard and well besides Oko uh, there was a lot of things that uh, were specifically one thing in particular that was very good in standard and that was Field of the Dead uh, specifically there was a Golos deck that involved. Field of the Dead, and uh, it made a lot of games uninteresting. It made a lot of games very samey. It made control almost non-existent. And so, even though there was a banned and restricted announcement earlier in the month of October, they came back and they said, "Hey, uh, just a heads up. After uh, Mythic Championship Five, we just we might have an announcement. We'll kind of throw some things out there." And lo and behold, it happened. Field of the Dead is banned. They kind of looked at the Golos deck. They they kind of pointed out a lot of things about Field of the Dead but it was doing it was a doing a lot of different stuff and then of course they banned Arkham's Astroblade uh, from Popper as well. There's a lot of things to look into both of these bannings and Caroline I kind of want to start with you of of these bannings in the Throne of Eldraine and the bannings that they had in Popper. What's your kind of initial reactions to to do they make sense in Popper? Do they did they make sense that Field of the Dead was banned? What what's your opinion on that?
1: Uh, so I'd say for standard that Field was definitely the most logical choice it was the you know 42 percent or 40 at least 40 percent of mc5 registered a deck with field in it uh as you said the games aren't always interesting to watch i actually don't mind watching them i think it's kind of interesting to see that much power kind of shift back and forth each turn it doesn't it's not quite the same as a regular matchup where you kind of can snowball like there was a lot of switching back and forth between who was winning. So it's pretty interesting. But yeah, I, I can get behind the field band. I think unfortunately this isn't like a oh good we did it. Like we got rid of like Aldrazi Winter. We can start playing, you know, our format again. I think that that's not quite what this band did. And I believe it instead unlocked a new menace that will probably take over the format for the next couple of weeks. So um Oko, our new three mana planeswalker, has been causing some issues. So I'm excited that Field is gone and the game should, you know, slow or speed up a little bit. That was one of the reasons they said was the games are slower. Uh, but I'm a little nervous about how much Oko will be played and how many moose will be running around. Nice Moose?
0: Mooses. <laughs> moose. Elks. Moose. <laughs> moose all over the place.
1: Well uh, as for Popper, I think uh, Eric might follow the format a little bit better than I, but I know that last time we, we did talk about um, Astrolabe and how it is it has kind of disrupted the format a lot. So it was good to see them take the chance. You know, this was sort of an emergency in quotations banning for standard, but they're like, hey, eh, while well, we're at it, Popper, here you go. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, Eric,
0: what's your thoughts on the on the Popper banning?
2: Uh, so for the popper Banning i I do play a little bit uh, but I do follow it via, via like Twitter and a lot of my friends like to play that format a lot um, and one of the things they did bring up was Astrolabe is basically in every single deck uh, there's multiple ways to abuse it whether it be like something like Glintalk or Core Sky Fisher um and just like returning it back to your hand or blinking it from the battlefield. but one of the other cards that they brought up a lot was the card ephemerate. So I'm like surprised not to see ephemerate in there. But I'm I'm sure they'll keep an eye on that card as well. But I mean, long story short, it it's basically just like if you were playing a deck that could afford to play basic lands, you played Arkham's AstroLabe because it was free, it fixed your mana, and more than likely you could just like you find a way to abuse its coming to play to draw a card ability.
0: Yeah, it seems to be like oftentimes that's kind of uh what can get the hammer thrown at you is when is when things do something really too well to the point where it doesn't make sense if you have any deck that shouldn't be playing that card in some way, shape, or form. In the case of Feel of the Dead, it was the fact that, again, so many decks were playing that thing, and it just brought an inevitability, uh, I guess, to, to say the least, where uh, if you were playing a control deck, you just got outvalued at some point. It made lands, um, so just, it, you know, usually when you draw a land off the top late in the game and you feel bad about it, Field of the Dead, that, that's not the case. And then you have... Basically, a way to hopefully shake the meta up uh, in both sides. And I know someone who's looking forward to that meta getting shook. And I think that would be Sean. Sean, what's your opinion of these bans and restrictions?
3: Man, I've been waiting so long for this day. I I woke up early like a child on Christmas morning. Woke up, got out of my footy pajamas, had to go to work, but read the B&R update and I was so pumped that I was banned uh the first thing i'm going to be trying out is some fires of invention decks i think that the card is very powerful it's got so much text on it and most likely my deck will also include the other good card oko in it so i'm going to start there this week um i'm going i have a ptq or sorry a, what was it a mythic championship qualifier next weekend um so i'm going to go ahead and try to build the fires of invention with oko in it for next week
1: uh sean sorry uh just wanted to cover on some important part there. Footy pajamas? Do they have Jace on them? What's on your footy pajamas?
3: It's it's actually Jason to fairy in a nice embrace, oh, like a little group hug. Yeah, <laughs> like, or like, yeah, or like a
1: high five, like <laughs> like buddies. Oh my gosh, I really hope you actually have footy pajamas. That's very cute.
0: Listen, you can, maybe you can be the cool. The world may never know. Yeah, you can be cool or you can be comfortable or in Sean's case, both because you have footy pajamas. Obviously. Obviously. I could see him having footy pajamas that are just Jace footy pajamas, like it's a hood yeah. and everything no, that's else. that's why I'm and wondering. Are like, yeah. you just
1: secretly like little Jace at night, like little baby planeswalker? There's like
0: pieces of fabric Night-time. on the wrists that he can spin so it looks like he's casting spells. I want him to sculpt my dreams, not
3: just my mind.
2: <laughs>
0: that, that you know, if at some point you start like a like a sleep service, like how to help people get to sleep better, you need to call it like, oh. How to access the dreams of your mind? That's what you. Oh
1: my gosh, doing. I've I've actually been using these like nighttime stories things, and it, Sean could do one, but only for blue white players. <laughs> <laughs> you could just you'd be like on turn one, they play Colonnade tapped go, <laughs> and you could just like like read out like a blue white modern matchup.
3: And then I'll just get, I'll throw a wrench in there. You play Colonnade tapped, and then your opponent untaps and kills you on turn two, and then you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up in a cold sweat. That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, to kind of
0: continue on the conversation just a little bit would be, uh, Caroline. You kind of talked about Eldrazi Winter and uh, the worries of of what the format becomes of that. Um, expand upon that a little bit. What what was what is this Eldrazi Winter that you refer to, and why do you think uh, this specific meta might be headed that direction?
1: Well, I was actually referring to it in a slightly different way. Like, what's happened in the passage? There's, there's been these powerful cards or decks um, that have really shadowed the format. So when we, when we refer to Aldrazi Winter, um, the Aldrazi back in Shadows, yes, yeah, um, there they kind of really took over Modern and they really disrupted Modern actually at the time. And there was a Pro Tour around that time. Uh, the Eldrazi won the pro tour and then shortly after they banned it. But uh, they banned just the land, Eye of, Ugin. Right? Eye of Ugin, yeah. And and the reason we call it Eldrazi winter is because every event and every everything that was happening during those couple of months were just colored by Eldrazi. You just you couldn't play your pet modern deck, you had to play either something that could maybe beat Eldrazi, that was tough, or you had to play Eldrazi. So it was, you know, it's just a really defining moment of like oh i can remember and and a more similar example which is a lot more recent would be like hogak summer summer of hogak um where you know that kind of happened recently with uh hogak coming out from modern horizons so the reason i say that is because while field has been pretty disruptive for the last couple weeks and you know it was a high percentage of the decks on the weekend I don't believe that the problem is solved. Sometimes at the end of these bannings, we're like, okay, cool. Hogak is gone. You know, that's unfortunate. I own some of those cards, but time to move on. Like, we can go back to Modern. We can go back and, like, start bringing out our decks again. And everything's okay. But I don't think everything's okay. And I understand why they couldn't just ban everything starting today. Like, everything being debatably between Field and Oko and... I don't know, I've heard a third uh, option there from including Teferi to Nyssa to Fires of Invention. So really, I'm not sure where the third one would be, but we can't really do that. Like Wizards just just does not have enough data to just ban these Mythics from their their latest sets. And I I get that. Um, I'm just not feeling the same at the end of a banning that I have been in the past. I'm not feeling like, oh, I'm excited to start playing Standard again. I'm
3: feeling a little apprehensive. I remember in that winter... In Eldrazi Winter, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. it was basically everyone was playing Eldrazi, and it was the f- colors of Eldrazi that you were playing is what gave you an edge or a disadvantage in the mirror.
1: Well, it didn't I don't know if Hollow One was a deck, but decks like that were also doing sort of well. I think uh, like Colin...
2: Affinity Affinity did decently yeah. well because it was a, a deck that could get wider, and then also you could sideboard in a card like uh, Ensnaring Bridge because your creatures were 0 zero ones until they attacked or zero twos until they attacked.
1: But Eric, you you think that um I, I'm not like I'm kind of wrong to be super upset about Oko? Like you think that control might have a chance?
2: I don't know that like you're like I don't want to say that you're wrong for thinking that Oko is going to ruin like the standard format. I think it's more that with field gone, you can play control again. Previously you couldn't play control at all because there was nothing you could do that was better or bigger. Uh, than the field decks once they got going. And so playing a deck like, say, like the Dance of the Mance decks that we saw at the beginning of the format or the Fires Jeskai decks that we saw at the beginning of the format that were, you know, beating the Oko decks or giving them a good run just disappeared because field just didn't allow them to play Magic. And now that field's gone, I I feel like those decks can come back and combat these Oko decks. So my hope is, is that while there was an article on mtg goldfish earlier today that stated like the green white deck was good against the oko decks and then the oko decks you know like so like there'll be like a little give and play with like maybe the green white deck not being so good against the control decks the control decks can beat the oko decks and then something else just has to come in and beat the control decks and depending on what those decks are i think there could be like a nice cylindrical format where like you can even play a small creature deck like the green white deck underneath the Oko decks and maybe even far enough underneath the control decks, but then the control decks beating the Oko decks and then, you know, sweepers beating the, the little, the little creatures. Um, Yeah. But
1: weren't we talking about the idea, like I think earlier at our meeting, we were talking about the idea of like the food decks can just add sweepers and just go bigger.
2: I mean, they, they definitely can add the sweepers. I think that changes their decks and then also changes the way that the, the smaller creature decks will attack them as well. If they know about the sweepers, they can play a card like on um, the, the three mana white in a two colorless um, instant that gives your creatures indestructible. Um, I'm blanking on the name currently. Uh, they could play more planeswalkers in that spot. and Or maybe they can just like, you know, try to uh, combat some other way. Uh, maybe even with like some sort of counter magic of their own plain blue. But I think what the cool thing is, is that if you are, say, like a Red Mage, you'd want to play Cavalcade to Calamity and, you know, you can't beat these Oko decks, the Cavalcade decks are probably very good against the Fires decks and probably very good against the, the Esper decks. And then hopefully we kind of just get a, a Rock, Paper, Scissors where the Red decks beat the Control decks, the Control decks beat the Oko decks, and then the Oko decks beat the Red decks.
0: November 18th rolls around. Is there another banning or restriction that you foresee in the standard format?
2: Oh... Uh. I, I mean me know. personally, I, I, I don't think so. but
3: boy, I really hope not. The more often than the if you look at magic as a whole, like they've done very few standard bannings up until like the last years. I really don't want them to make it a habit where like they start banning cards, I guess unnecessarily. It's kind of cool that they're pushing the envelope with these cards, but like they're really needing to tone down the amount of bannings they do in standard. I think it's One, just, like, not good for casual players who want to try to get competitive, just knowing that, like, there's a chance that their cool cards might get banned. And it's just not very fun, I don't think, where the best deck just gets banned all the time. I just... I don't think it's very fun for me.
1: Yeah, I think... So, the way the rest of the year plays out is there's a, a... MC6 is the just the weekend before... or the full weekend before the 18th. So, MC6, I think, is the what 7th so yeah 7th or i guess 8th through 10th and then the banning is a week after that and then after that is another mc mc7 and i actually could not tell you when it is it's somewhere at the end of november early december um and they're both going to be standard and so my fear is like one of the reasons they they cited moving up this announcement was because they didn't want they wanted a chance to impact the standard formats should they need to between MCs. And so that is an incentive that they may have is to, you know, if MC6 does turn into like MC Oko, you know, they might just, they might be forced to make a change. That being said, if they can outlive that and make it to Christmas, they their next MC is going to be something we haven't announced yet, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and it's going to be a new format. So they might get lucky and be able to ride out Standard because once they don't have the Pro Tour or the uh, Mythic Championship um, formats to worry about, they're they're less likely to force these big Mythic bans. Um, they usually only do those when they really have to for the Pro Tours. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, Erica, I'm really curious... Um, I know you're talking about like the, the decks that can go under Oko, but I've just been thinking a lot about six loyalty. (laughs) It's just been in my head just for this whole conversation. Cause I was thinking I like, I've played a lot of aggro and I'm thinking about decks, like, you know, I, uh, my, my control or my like mid range opponent would play a planeswalker and I would have the choice of like, do I keep attacking their life total? Do I try and kill the planeswalker? And that's when, you know, Teferi would maybe be minus and be at one, like baby Teferi. Um, Or Big Teferia would come down, but it would come down on turn 5 and not turn 3. And, like, I'm really worried about turn 3, a 6 loyalty Planeswalker. That is only going up. It's never going down.
2: I will say that that is one of my least favorite parts of that card. Because it makes me feel like they did that on purpose. It actually makes me feel like Oko was designed to be good against the red decks. And then they were like, at one point in their testing, it was go up to 5 loyalty. And then they were like, wait... That makes it die to fry, and I don't want that, so I'm gonna make it six, and I think that was where it got a little awkward, and now you have to use a card like Nauseous Grasp or, or Murderous uh, Murderous yeah, Rider, yeah. Murderous Raider, yeah. um, in order to kill it, and I think that is definitely a problem, and I think that's the reason that the Gruul and the Mono Red decks are so bad against this card, is because I think it was designed that way. However, I guess like my point is, is that if the control decks can can defeat the Oko then it's not necessarily the deck that is like all over the place. It's not the deck that is the deck to beat. It's just one of the decks that on a given week could be the best deck. And then hopefully the next week, all of the control decks come out of hiding and then beat the Oko decks. And then it's not the deck to beat that next week. It's the control decks that are the deck to beat the next week.
1: I'm I'm happy. It's very funny because I'm usually very optimistic and you're potentially not always optimistic. I am a so... bundle of joy. <laughs> Your nickname on our Discord is, what, no fun? What is fun? <laughs> yeah, what is fun? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't believe you. But I'm very cautious. I'm just, as Sean has said, and we've talked about too, like, I'm just kind of over the standard bannings. And and that's why I brought up this whole Aldrezia winter thing is I'm just not getting that feeling. I'm not like, oh sweet, I can put this these Eldrazi cards away and I can go to F and M again or I can go back to my modern events locally, like or standard events in this case. I'm not feeling that and I'm nervous. And that's just how I feel, I guess. Yeah.
3: Also like with that exact sentiment for wizards, it's also just not good for their bottom dollar banning cards. Because like it prevents people from like maybe it prevents casuals from buying packs if they're worried that the card that they open is gonna not be playable. Like, it just keeps people from going to tournaments or buying packs or whatever. So it's also in their best interest to try to not be banning cards in standard. Or even if
0: the fact that you buy cards and, you know, say that they also banned Oko and all of a sudden you have all these sets of Okos that aren't really playable in standard anymore. You can play them in other formats, but you know, one of the big reasons why you have these cards is so you, you know, have, at least they have some intrinsic value at the very end. You can sell some things back. You can sell cards back for, or trade them in at some point. And if something gets banned like that, then that's another uh, kind of blow to the confidence of the product that you're putting out there. And this is just because we're talking about Field of the Dead and we're talking about Arkham's Astroblade. We haven't even talked about the five other bans that happened in the banned and restricted announcement. And that is, of course, Bloodstained Mire, Flooded Strand, Polluted Delta, (laughs) Windswept Heat. Wooden foothills all have been banned. What did they get banned from? Pioneer, which is a brand new format that we are seeing. It, it, is, it is exciting, it is fantastic. From my perspective, it is uh, you know, as a newer player, it's my first time seeing an extended format and me immediately going, hmm, I might be able to get into that. There's a lot of ins and outs to Uh, What Pioneer is, so I'll just kind of give a quick kind of overview of the Pioneer format and and what it is essentially. So basically it's going to be a non-rotating format featuring all the cards from Return Return to Ravnica. On forwards, everything from Return to Ravnica, and of course you got things like Gatecrash and Theros and Journey into Nyx and Fate Reforged and uh, Eldritch Moon and, and so forth and so forth into a brand new expanded uh, extended format. And to start things off, they banned all the fetch lands, and so they say get rid of the fetch lands. Everything else, you're good to go. Start uh, start doing your thing and playing your way. Um, the first person, as we discussed, who might have been uh, super giddy, like they were, uh, they, they you know they're wearing their footy pajamas, their inner Jace was showing. Uh, they felt like a parliament of owls hooting into the night because a new format has arrived. Sean, what, give us your thoughts on Pioneer as a format. What you're excited about, and, and your you know, what you want to do when you play your your
3: first Pioneer match. All right, so kind of what you're saying is. Basically, any set from the last five or six years is going to be legal in this format. So thinking back, how I'm going to start looking at this format is what decks dominated Standard. And the first ones that come to mind are like Emrakul, the Promised End, Feldar, Guardian, uh, Thoughtseize. So I would probably start want to start with a deck that starts with those. But against my better judgment, I'm going to be casting Sphinx's Revelation <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Wait,
1: that deck definitely dominated the format. How did you not start there?
3: <laughs>
1: Blue-white was obscene during that time. It was
3: good, but like... Okay, it was the second best deck in that format.
1: Mono-black? Yeah, I think
3: Mono-black was still better, right? Uh, you got to play Thoughtseize. Not, um,
1: not when the deck was... Like, Thoughtseize didn't come out until You're
3: you talking about Ivanflok's... Uh Pro Tour win? Yeah. Well, yeah I yeah, guess
1: yeah. I guess it was around the same time. I guess you're right.
3: Yeah, so well, they just
1: they switched to Esper, didn't they just played
3: Botsies? Well, like there were oh Caroline. Bless your heart. <laughs> there were versions of Blue White that yeah also splashed for Botsies at one point. But the true the true Greg Oranges <laughs> never added black to their deck. <laughs>
1: Oh, shoot. I didn't realize I opened like a, I don't know, some sort of like internal debate of whether or not to add black. I, sorry.
3: <laughs> on I was casting
1: Domry raids, so in yeah. am is...
3: On Twitter today, Greg Orange had a tweet, and he doesn't tweet very often. And he said something along the lines of blue-white is definitely the deck to beat in Pioneer. And I got pretty excited. Yeah, so I'll probably start with some Sphinx's Revelation deck. When that possibly crashes and burns, I'll be moving on to Emrakul, the Promised then just because... It's a very fun Magic card to cast, but it's absolutely miserable to play against, and that's how you know a Magic card is very powerful.
1: <laughs> I got a deck for you.
3: And so, for, for this for this format, there's
0: I mean, there's so many things to think about with it, but specifically, you don't really make standard comparisons. The the natural thing to do is compare it to Modern. And so when you think about what's not available to you into this format, there's a lot of things that you might want to be doing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of avenues to go. And and Caroline, what's your opinion on, on the pioneer formats and, and, you know, what are you excited about? Is there something you want to play? Is there something you're excited is gone, uh, that you, like you wouldn't play in modern. You can't play, uh, in the pioneer format. What is, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, I don't think my thoughts are going to be very helpful but um, for, for one, I, I unfortunately am not a big brewer. So I am excited for everyone else <laughs> to have some fun. Uh, and then I'll just sit on MTG Goldfish and I'll hit that refresh button and let me know when I can net deck. Um, but, but actually, I think it's going to be very interesting. I don't believe in anything in the last couple of years have we had access to a brand new format that's in- instantly going to be a competitive format. Um, so I am very excited to see how people do. That being said, I will not likely be using my brewing abilities, but I will be using my stealing other people ideas ability. And I already on Twitter, I saw a deck uh, that Emma Handy tweeted out, uh, part of a big deck dump that she did on stream. And I've been calling this deck Tron. And I don't know if you know me too well, but I'm a big Tron player in modern. Even People still like me even for that, so that's nice. Um, But I have found this, this mono... I guess it's actually blue-green, uh, Tron in quotations, big quotations. There are no Tron lands legal in this format. Um, but it does play my favorite card in Standard, which is a Royal Grazer. So obviously this deck is is going to be great. Um, but it has some great finishers because I kind of forgot that Ugin, Ulamog, and Emrakul, the Promisen, were all legal in Standard in the past little while, which is kind of crazy to think about. The game's uh, so back this deck,
3: together.
1: This is a deck, like just a big ramp deck that actually does play Field and Golos, so... Can't be bad. Um, and just a bunch of big friends that I'm just so excited to cast. So who knows? It'll probably be bad, but I'm very excited. I think I'm more excited than Sean is to cast this than Sphinx's Rev.
3: I've been I if you can imagine I have a case in my house that says break in case of emergency, and I have four revelations and four Azorius charms in that case, and I cracked the glass this morning. So I'm. I've been no, you did. Well.
1: I saw you making proxies. You did not.
3: <laughs> I, that's because I can't use them yet because they're all foil. Can't read what they do. So I need proxies so other people
2: know what the card does.
1: Oh man, Eric, you've been very quiet. Are you yeah, not? Uh, are you not a pioneer in this format?
2: Um, I don't know. I guess like you, you probably wouldn't call me a pioneer. Uh, I'm here just to ruin everyone's fun and. My okay, reasoning so on is... on to
1: the next segment. Let's go. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, as you heard from my, my, uh, I guess, co-hosts here, or uh, the, they're very excited to cast all of these huge, expensive cards that take forever to play. Their mana base is probably just going to be very, very atrocious, come into play tapped, hurt them for coming into play.
3: The and, worst uh, mana base possible, by the way.
2: Oh yeah. Like you're probably going to have to play like a Zurius Guildgate since you don't have fetch lands.
1: I had Um, Aether Hub in my deck and I don't make any energy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. And you can play cards like Eidolon of the Great Rebel. It costs red red. That means you get to play all mountains if you want. Your mana never comes into play tapped. You get to cast all of your spells on time. You get to bring your opponent's life total from 20 to 0 super fast. Just as fast as you like. Um... I think that's like where I would go with this format right away. And you could just prey upon all these people that are like, oh, if I just had three or four or five more turns, maybe I would have done something with this game.
0: See, I
1: I, I, I do have a real question. Sorry. Oh, yeah,
0: you have me. real
2: questions. I'm just going to make, sh- <laughs> you know,
0: uh, snarky comments. So you go I, ahead.
1: This whole time, which no one can see on the podcast, but I've been booing Eric this whole time because I knew that that's what he was going to say. But I, I have a real question. So Burn doesn't destroy Modern. In fact, it's not very good in Modern.
2: I and, think Burn's really good in Modern right now.
1: Okay. Burn, is, Ooh, Burn has never been accurate in Modern. And even now you're saying it's been good right now. It's not. like It is It is a deck that could, people could play, but it has never been a Tier 1 deck. Without like, We don't have a shock fetch mana base. We just have a shock mana base. Do you think that that's going to impact you in any way?
2: I think it is great at the beginning of Pioneer. I'm not saying this is going to be the oh, best deck going forward. You're just saying,
1: oh, but that's but, like the but there's, rule
2: there's for a both. PTQ literally two weeks from now, and people are going to play their decks where it's like they're going to register 22 or 23 lands in their three color deck, and it's not going to work. Or in your case, you're going to register 29 lands, um, and it's and just it's like going to be great. And then <laughs> so we're also have like
1: behind won the first PTQ. <laughs> I mean, how many times have people
2: played a deck where they've they've made it, and then after the tournament they go, oh, I just really needed like one more come to play on tap land, I needed another green source, I needed like another land, I needed an- one fewer land, and it's like with the red deck, you just, you play all mountains, you can't mess that up, and you just play all the spells you want, and you like, it's like, I'm not learned like I don't need anything new, I know the deck is good, because it's been good for a while.
1: But would you not argue that that's a very common week one strategy?
2: I mean, that is the best week one strategy. Okay. But I mean, that that's the thing. is like, I'm not here to like, I mean, I am kind of am here to, you know, take away everybody's like want to brew time. Uh, but I mean, like, it's just like, I would quell the expectations. People are like sending me like these like lists where they're like, I can kill on turn two with my Jeskai Ascendancy. And I'm playing things like, you know, zero casting cost things and I can do all this stuff. And it's like can't beat an Eidolon to the Great Rebel like if they cast it ever.
3: Well, uh, I, I kill you
2: when I'm on the play. Duh.
3: Yeah. But, but Eric... In front of Eidolon. Aggro deck, dude.
1: But Eric, you can play White Weenie again.
2: I mean, I could, but Eidolon seems so great when people want to cast Mox Amber like a hundred times. Oh, no. Eric
0: Hawkins, the Brewtime Wet Blanket. That's, that's,
1: uh, is that's there the a chance now. to just do like a quick uh, advertising for a new co-host? Just wondering.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, this segment is it? sponsored by <laughs> Swagoy Gaming, looking for new co-hosts for, for Friends and Magic. Uh, as, as everyone knows that uh, Eric Conan Hawk uh, had, uh, well, uh, his, wet, he, his wet blanketness dried out. And so we have to bring in a new co-host who
2: uh, won't. As long as it's a nice base, I'm fine. That's true. That's true. Wait, what's a
1: nice base Your Blanket.
2: <laughs> no, voice. the voice.
1: Oh, the voice.
2: <laughs> the
3: one thing I'm really excited about this format is Aaron Forsyth came out and said that they're going to have off cycle bands for this format. And like, I'm kind of curious. What do you
1: mean by off?
2: cycle Actually, Sean, this is one of the things that I'm super oh. excited for because when they first came out with modern, they just banned a bunch of things right away. Yeah. And I think this is great because all they did was ban the Fetchlands, which kind of suck anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but the the thing is is like when things pop up they ban it instead of just like banning like 20 cards right away and saying you can't play with these and not really like letting them explore the format i think well, it's like a really cool way to do it
1: i mean that's cool from your perspective because you likely own all the cards but i i do believe that this way has some you know negative sides to it as well like i i don't want to live in a standard banning world where every every announcement I'm waking up with my footy pajamas at 6 a.m. hoping something's banned. Like I, I am nervous for that. I'm going to have to go buy these, these cards again. Cause obviously I don't have them anymore. So I'm a bit nervous for that.
3: Yeah. I mean, it is kind of scary, but like, I think they're going to try to let the format play out at least a little bit. And I think people will realize fairly quickly that cards like Emrakul were an issue in Standard and will very possibly become an issue again in Pioneer. I think the um,
1: Felidar cat combo is top of the list of cards that need to get banned. I would yeah,
2: say. I would say yes. Eidolon of the Great Rebel because it's the best card so far <laughs> in the format.
3: I found the tweet he had and it basically just says uh, the only cards banned in Pioneer at its inception are Fetchlands, but I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't true for long. We managing the format aggressively and off cycle based on MTGO results in advance of the first tabletop premier events next year. So it makes me think that they're going to be very aggressive with the ban hammer in this format, which is too, it can be a good thing. It also can be a bad thing. Um, It's a new format. So I mean, like they're going to need to let things play out, but it's not very fun if they just like on Wednesday, the format drops and then like next Wednesday, Something's banned, you know, or like something quick. Like that's not gonna be very fun, I don't think, but it will still be interesting to see how they handle the banning of this format if they if they end up do making bans.
2: Everyone. Also, Caroline, if uh cat combo is the best, you can also in your red deck play rampaging for or rampaging for which uh, you know, stops that cat combo. Just saying it's it pairs really nicely with One of the Great Rebel.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did I... you forget about standard staple Rakdos Charm? All right. Oh. <gasps> Uh, oh my How many, gosh. How many you said the I magic really good,
1: <laughs> I have a really good Rakdos charm story. I don't know. This is a really bad diversion, but it's very funny.
3: All right, segue. Do you us. like it? Yeah, okay. go for it.
1: So I was playing in a modern Grand Prix, and it was back. Uh, Splinter Twin was a thing. And I was actually, it was like new-ish to modern, so of course I was playing Burn, because that's just what happens. Uh, and it was a local Grand Prix, and I, lo- I I drew round one against Soul Sisters, which I thought was impressive, because I didn't lose, so that's fine. Uh, I lost round two, and I won round three. And, or I, uh, yeah, whatever whatever it was, I was in round, you know, five or six of day one, and, and I had basically an elimination bracket, so any any loss and I wouldn't make day two. But at that point I had kept winning throughout the the weekend or throughout the day. So I get to this, this round and I play against splinter twin. And before the tournament had started again, not a brewer and especially wasn't a brewer back then. And someone told me about this card, Rakdos term. And so I had a black splash at the time and I, and I had it in my sideboard and I was told when to bring it in, you know, it's for splinter twin. They make a bunch of uh, things. Uh, what do they make?
3: Pester mites and
1: Deceiver Exarchs. Pester mites exarchs. and yeah, arts And then I would get them and they would take all this damage. Or when they attack, they lose life or something? Or how does it work?
3: They, they lose their, a life for each creature control. they
1: control. At, at the point I cast Rakdos Charm?
3: I'm pretty sure. That's yeah. Rakdos Charm is a black-red
0: instant. Choose one, exile all cards from target player's graveyard, or destroy target artifact, or creature deals one damage to its controller. Yeah, okay. that card.
1: Thanks. So... I'm going to game three. It's late into the round and I'm playing burn and I get my opponent at such a life total where I am at a higher life total than my opponent and my opponent casts splinter twin and he, my opponent, you know, wasn't the m- nicest opponent I've had I'm a little frustrated. I was a bit of a newer player. So I'm sure, you know, I wasn't the, the easiest person to play against. And I, I get that. And they just kind of cast the splinter twin or yeah, on their, their creature And they actually are grabbing their cards in such a way, they say, make a a bunch of dudes kill you. And they pick up their cards. And so it's important to note that I was at a higher life total than my opponent. And I panic, (laughs) like I I was very new and I had not really learned the nuances of this. So I panic and I literally threw the Rakdos charm like onto the battlefield. And then I like (laughs) got really upset. It was like, oh, and so I grabbed my hands and I covered the Rakdos charm. And I just went, wait, how many dudes <laughs> like I made them because they hadn't said a number. Like it occurred to me as I threw the card, they had not said a number. So then they like look at the card Well, I'm covering it, but they like pause and they're pausing and they're like, uh, and at that point someone next to us goes, you should call a judge. So we call a judge. And at first the judge says, okay, like I understand. Okay. Opponent, you need to pick a number. So the opponent goes, okay, I make one, one creature. And I was like, judge, they said like make a bunch of dudes kill you. And the judge is like, yeah, you did say plural. He's like, okay, uh, I make two creatures. <laughs> and then so eventually we argue and the, like we're arguing and arguing and eventually the guy, the person settles on three. So they, they make three creatures. They they knock me down to a life total. They take some damage from Rakto's charm and I untap and drop Oro's charm and kill them. <laughs> so the story ends well for the hero, which is obviously me. Um, But I left that match like so flustered because I messed up. Like obviously I should have asked for a number. Um, You know, I I don't think it really should have ruled in that favor. Like I don't think they should have got to pick all these new numbers just because they saw Rakto's charm. And so I was like very embarrassed and I was just frustrated. And then the judge comes like running up. Like it's been about five minutes. I'm like trying to like stress, like not stress out. And they're like, wait, where'd your opponent go? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, okay, well, I need to talk to them. Bye. And he ran off again. And so – the whole weekend I was playing and I was like, what do I do? Like, why is the judge looking for my opponent? What did I do? Did I break the rules? Anyway, I found out later that obviously that opponent got disqualified from the tournament for lying (laughs) because you can't just change your number like that each time. Like they, they made infinite dudes and they should have been, they should have lost the game on the spot, but because I worded it so badly and I was all flustered that they got away from it. So the story is very funny because I still won like a red deck would win with the top deck, but it was a (laughs) very, Very memorable moment of that card for me.
0: Caroline's philosophy is to live the flavor text of Recto's charm, which is let all feel joy in pain. That is just kind of how she feels. <laughs> I think that's
1: Eric's philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a so, charmed
0: life that we all lead.
1: That being said, I'm happy that Racto's Charm is back, and I think I can cast it better this time.
0: Heck yes, and my challenge to anyone out there that is listening, since this is the Pioneer format, I know what I will be attempting to do in the very first spot is to make a Pioneer-themed deck. When I hear Pioneers, I think the Oregon Trail, therefore I'm making a deck with as many cards with the word Trail in it as possible. We're talking Game Trail is one of the lands. I'm going to do Trail of Mystery. That's going to be thrown in there as well. Trail of Crumbs, one of the brand new ones that we saw from Throne of Eldraine, Train. Give me creeping Trailblazer from Corset 2020. Give me Trail of Evidence. I'm just gonna keep Laguna Band Trailblazer. We're gonna put everything possible in here, and I'm gonna make some sort of trailblazing themed deck. And then when I show up to Pioneer, I'm gonna confuse everybody because that is going to they're gonna be so flabbergasted by the
2: And
1: flavor. then Eric's gonna go Riftbolt. No, wait, that's not the format. <laughs> Searing blade. I don't know. Name some see, red I mean, cards. He takes
2: two damage from a Trail of Crumbs, for sure. Exactly.
1: Okay, what are some burn spells that are actually in your deck, other than an Eidolon of something? Shock, lightning
2: Strike, Oath of Chandra. Lightning or, Strike? Uh, oh, Lightning Strike, yeah. Skewer the Critics. Skewer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. You can play Boros Charm. Can you, exactly. Would you
1: play the new one? The Adamant one?
2: Uh, you can play the Adamant one. That's probably good enough. Possibly. Uh, all I can say is that Torbrand and Goblin Chainwheeler make three damage. It's like super nice. Also, Idle on, then they take four.
0: Oh no. Well, no matter. Okay, what... we need to
1: move on from this segment because Eric is actually starting to have fun, and we know that he doesn't know how to have fun. So.
0: Well, no matter what we're going to be doing, we're going to be having, uh, at the very least, a good time just exploring a brand new format and see what's going on. And uh, I'm sure no matter what we do in the Pioneer format, there's going to be plenty of us who, um, well, screw up. And we're going to punt the game away, and that is why we move over to uh, what is my favorite segment of this entire podcast, which is the punt of the week, uh, where we talk about, you know, our biggest mistake, our biggest ineptitude over the past week or so. And uh, this time it comes from, well, maybe the least likely among us to make a gigantic punt, and that would be Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins. What was your your punt that you had recently?
2: So my punt uh, came in a booster draft. Uh, I had Booster drafted a really cool green white aggressive deck with uh, uh, what is it? The, the 2 1 equipment that it attaches to non humans and just like very, very cool aggressive deck. Um, but my first pick in this draft was actually Return of the Wild Speaker. Um, so, Return of the Wild Speaker, you can choose one of the modes of drawing cards equal to the creature with the, uh, the non human creature with the biggest power or you can give all of your non-human creatures plus two plus two uh an instant speed for a green and four colorless um and basically what had happened is is me and my opponent are playing this really back and forth game of just attacking blocking trading off creatures trading off cards and my opponent then plays a card called crackling or is it cracking bridge troll I, i can't it's a five mana black black three eight eight with haste and uh trample. And the big thing is is that it gives you three goats that are zero ones, so they are non-humans. And you have the option to tap the troll if you want to sacrifice one of these goats or another creature that you control. And your opponent would then draws or draws a card, it becomes tapped, and they gain three life. So it was a pretty simple decision in my in, at first for me. My opponent had uh, played that card. And also had a 2-1 lifelinker, and I was at uh, 10 life, so the attack is lethal. Um, and I just go, okay, I'll just sacrifice one of these goats, it's pretty easy, you attack me, uh, I don't die, right? The problem was, is that I can block with one of the goats, not uh, let my opponent gain the extra 3 life from the troll, and go to 1. And the the thing I wasn't thinking about was my first pick and that was um return of the wild speaker and lo and behold i draw return of the wild speaker and i end up exactly 3 damage short of killing my opponent uh which is where he got the life from the troll so just like not thinking about doing something i just like automatically did it and uh yeah if i just like paused for a second there and figured out what my outs were and exactly what i could have drawn uh it would have came through and i would have won that uh, would have won that game
0: but how universal is that of the fact that i think no matter how long you've played the game one of the biggest things that we all do to gets us into these situations is just acting without thinking right you just go out you kind of act on instinct you make this play you make this play you make this play and then the almost the split second you complete your turn the other play comes into your head and you go mm, but ah, dang, and it just kind of floats away from you. It is just, no matter how often you play that game, that is what always happens to me. It it doesn't matter if it's Magic or if it's any other game that I play. I will always take my big turn, and the moment I end my turn, I know the actual proper play I should have made.
2: Yeah, we all just need a little bit of a pause. Just, you know, always always think about what the best thing we could do. We could all learn, if you were watching the MC, we can all learn a little bit from Nassif and just slow down, because we're definitely not taking as much time as he is.
0: Well, everyone's going to take their time. Everyone needs to make sure that they do what they need to do to get better at the game. And if if you have a memorable punt from the past week, just let us know. Just tweet at us at Swagoi Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming, and use the hashtag SwagoiPunk and let us know. Uh, how punk. It is that you, uh, Swigoi, think We could do punk too, you know, just have have the really awesome kind of Swigoi band, Magic the Gathering band things that you're going to put together. It's going to let us know what the genre is, let us know what the name of the band is going to be. It could just be called Rakdos Charm and it's some type of really awesome punk band. That's, what's, that's what we could do as well.
1: But I would never be in a punk oh, band. Too happy. Here we go.
3: The Lord Rakdos and his charms.
2: That's the band.
1: Would Eric be in a punk band?
2: I, I think I would have been in a punk band in my my youth. He's the lead He's screamer. That was a long yeah.
1: time ago. I don't know if they had bands back then, or... uh,
2: Eric. They, they were inventing punk at that time.
0: Well, the one thing we need to... Uh kind of not invent is uh, better segues because I don't have anything for this one. What we are going to do is talk about uh, what it is that we're doing to get better at magic, how we are learning it, how we are getting lit. And so we need to kind of discuss what's the one thing we're doing this week to get better at magic. Caroline, I want to start with you. What is the thing that you are doing to get better at Magic the Gathering this week.
1: Uh, So I mentioned it a couple weeks ago in our last pod that I had set myself this little goal of each session on Arena, I don't want to say each day, but each time I'm playing Arena, I want to get up one segment. So if I'm at Bronze 4, I want to get up to Bronze 3. uh, And that's all I need to do for that session. If I keep playing, that's great. If I don't keep playing, that's fine. And my goal has just been each time I open Arena, I would like to leave uh, one segment higher than I was. That being said, if I ever derank rank in this session, then I would just try to get back up to where I was. I never try to go like if I was at, you know, uh, silver one and I fall back down somehow to silver three, I don't like spend all night trying to get back to silver one. I always just have one ladder step ahead. And that being said for the past two weeks, I've been doing that and it's been very helpful. I've been way less stressed as, as much as I love arena and I love magic. Um, the actual playing you know hours of a time trying to get to mythic has been actually pretty bad just mental health wise like it's you know some sometimes you finish a, you know a couple hours of playing and you haven't moved anywhere and you're just feeling very defeated and so I was getting quite frustrated so this has actually helped I felt way more positive about arena and magic in general um, and I started this at when we were last talking I was at you know, the very beginning at bronze four, I had not played very much constructed ladder. I'm currently sitting at plat two, which is like kind of great, but kind of bad. Cause there isn't actually that much time left. I need about nine more days to try and get into mythic. Um, I would like to get into mythics. So, so then when you're, when it rotates, you pushes you back down to plat instead of down to silver. Um, so I'm, you know, still trying my strategy. I'm not, guaranteeing it's going to work but it has helped me particularly and this is about how i'm learning to get better magic and so i've played a lot more magic on arena than i have ever had outside of this month so so far things are working the way i had thought they might so that's been good
0: nice you know for me i have been looking at playing styles of decks that i don't normally play i'm very much i'm just drawn to control type decks i'm drawn to combo type decks i love uh you know making people discard and messing with pete with my opponent's hands in some way shape or form or screwing up what's in their deck and making them shuffle stuff that they don't want to in there and so this time around i just sat down and said you know what i'm gonna find all the different types of aggro decks that are out there and i'm gonna find and i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna learn to play aggro i'm gonna sit down and force myself you know force quote unquote, uh, to play a style of deck that I'm not used to, that I don't particularly am drawn to, that I don't like. And uh, it's been enlightening just to kind of having to retrain my brain for the normal things uh, you don't normally look at, the way in which you kind of approach wind conditions and the way in which you analyze board states. Uh, it's It's been fun for me to retrain my mind in a way that doesn't naturally come to me. And I've had a super blast with that. Eric, what about you?
2: Uh, for those that know me, I play basically only magic. I don't really do much else. So the way that I, I've been working because I'm, I'm working towards MC6 is uh, I just play magic, like just a ton, a ton of magic. Um, I, I, I would like it if I had something like Caroline where I'm, I'm working towards a goal. Uh, but really my goal is to learn uh, as much of this limited format as humanly possible um and it consume as much about this standard format unfortunately we did just have the change so we we don't actually get to see that on stream um until Thursday so the 24th so there'll be a couple of days where I'm just watching some stuff that might have field of the dead which is a little awkward or might have cards that have field of the dead in him so uh or like have that in mind I should say So unfortunately, the watching and the playing standard isn't going to be as big right now. But that's basically just what I've been doing is just watching and playing as much Magic as humanly possible for myself.
0: And what about our Wii Pioneer over there? Sean, what what are you doing? What are you doing to get better at
3: Magic this week? (laughs) So I always go to... Tuesday nights we have a local testing session at a game shop by my house. Um, So today and... Yeah, even yesterday before the banning, we were just theoretically were like, if Golos gets banned or feel that it gets banned, what are we playing in standard? So I'm going to be traveling there tomorrow to play some standard. And we're actually going to be putting Pioneer decks together because I'm very excited about that format. Um, so I'll be playing a uh, uh, multiple hours of Magic tomorrow and just talking with people who I don't normally associate with. I'm just hearing their opinions on both standard and um pioneer has been really exciting for me just because like i love talking to people so hearing everyone's opinions is really always fun yeah it's exciting times there's new
0: uh, there's renewed formats there's brand new formats there's bannings and restrictions there's more events coming up on the horizons there's lots of things to look forward to and uh to kind of go over those
1: events real quick caroline what are the things that we have coming up in the world of magic great question um The Googles told me, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. Um, I didn't do too much research like on faraway events, but the things I've been looking at are GP Phoenix, which is October 25th to 27th, which conveniently is this weekend. I will be attending GP Phoenix. uh, And since we have an amazing group of like four of us that listen to this podcast, you should come say hi to us (laughs) slash me, (laughs) just me. Um, I'll be at GP Phoenix. Uh, This weekend is also the arena MCQ I don't know if anyone anyone here playing in that event this weekend. Negatory from the people shaking their heads on an auditory podcast. Um, so we won't have anyone participating in that, but it's a cool event. I hopefully will hear more about my my attempts at Mythic slash Top one top twelve hundred actually this month. Um, hopefully, I will get to participate in one in the future. Uh, and then the there'll be a week. Off just after Halloween. Um, there's some PTQs or no, I guess they are PTQs for I think Eric, you said there's one in your neighborhood in yeah, a couple me weeks.
2: Sean. Me and Sean both will be there.
1: Awesome. And then there's also, I think you guys mentioned it already, but the pioneer moto ptq is that week. That's the week of November second and third. Um so that's kind of interesting. And then as far as I went was the the following weekend, which we'd already really talked about was uh, MC6, Mythic Championship 6, uh, which will be in Richmond, Virginia. Exciting. On November 8th to 10th. And I will also be there. So basically, this was a segment of where you can come and see Caroline because I'm great. Um, but I'll also be there at MC6. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited that the next couple events that I have, I haven't played a lot of event like magic this month and in September either. So I'm pretty excited to do some more grand prix. I haven't really talked about it too much because we've, most of our segments have been about arena or standard or modern. Um, But I love the other half of magic. So it's called magic. The gathering it's because the gathering is actually the best part. And so I love hanging out with people, meeting friends um, just grand prix and pro tours and just all of these events just, Hold such a special place in my heart, uh, specifically not playing the magic part. <laughs> so I am very excited. Uh, not everyone shares that, and that's okay. But I'm very excited for the next couple events. That's
0: what we're gonna oh, rename I, this section. We're just gonna sit there and call it. Where is Caroline gonna be? Instead of Where what's in the world world is Caroline? That's actually
1: a pretty good segment. <laughs> Where in the world is Caroline? Uh, Eric will also be at MC6. I'm very excited. I'm specifically going because it's Eric's first pro tour. Yeah. It's the only reason that I'm going. No other reasons in any way. I'm yeah, there to definitely cheer on.
2: You want to be just hanging out with your friends, having a great time.
1: I hope to see you in the feature match area. That'd be fun. While
2: you're there, can That'd you get my
3: of Summers signed a couple more times? I don't care I, who signs them now. I but have them. them I have
1: to get them back to you.
3: Yeah, just get them signed while you're at the MC a couple more times. You can get like, <laughs>
2: just, uh, just by anyone. I'll get Eric yeah. to sign them. <laughs> yeah, i my signature.
3: That's fine. I just need them signed. I don't care who signs them anymore.
0: Well, if you're going to be at those events, you can come find anybody uh, from the Swagoi team. that's going to be <laughs> just, down at all these just spots. Find just find anyone. anyone. Like, hey. Just sit up there like, hey, you, you're at this event. I did. We are friends now. And uh, specifically, if you listen to this podcast, which, as Caroline discussed, is tens of people who are we kidding? Ones of people right now listening to this wonderful <laughs> podcast. It will get better because guess what? We're on iTunes now. Woo! You can find us on iTunes all the time. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, but we hope to see you at any of these upcoming events that are going to be happening there. There's going to be so much to do, so much to talk about and if at the very least just hang out, have a good time, have some fun. I've had fun tonight. I think everyone else has had a good time. Even Eric has had some fun tonight. It's
3: it's a it's a legendary cast tonight. It's been a lot of fun. You can you can tell by the big frown on his face that he's had a great time tonight. <laughs>
1: You can see yeah, it in his eyes. Frowning. Actually, you, you can see when he's frowning, he still has smiles in his eyes. I, I, know Eric, that you're secretly having fun. Also, so we're gonna, I'm gonna try and look into these footy pajamas for Sean, but we should look into ones for you, Eric, that just have on onto the Great Rebel" on them. <laughs> you can have sweet dreams. I would of also lightning settle
2: bolts. for uh, Flareon. Flareon would be nice too.
1: Flareon would be cute. Caroline, that's a different podcast.
0: I need to start a Magic the Gathering band that's just like post-punk emo because you come up with the best song titles. Even when he's frowning, he has smiles in his eyes. That is like that is like the purest emo song title I have ever seen. With that 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 is a that is a band that needs to happen. Oh man. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode, but we'll be back next week to talk more about uh pioneer format maybe even historic format who knows maybe we have a little bit of legacy talk in there could be some popper but probably a lot of standard and arena there's going to be a lot of different things to discuss but as always if you want to learn more about our organization you can visit us at swagoi.com s-w-a-g-o-i.com and meet all of the members of our various esports teams so uh there's a lot of different ways you can get in contact with each of us around on the internet caroline let's start with you where can people find you on the interwebs
1: I am on the Twitters at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. I'm also on Instagram, newly on Instagram. Uh, it's almost it's at the Mighty Linguini because you know consistency. Um, and I'm also on Twitch at Twitch.tv/theMightyLinguini. I stream on Wednesdays, as i mentioned. Um, I almost always have a magic guest, but we don't always don't play magic. However. That being said, both tomorrow, which is not Wednesday, it's a Tuesday, and Wednesday, I will be doing two different magic streams with two of uh, community members in my little stream community. So come hang out. I think tomorrow we're jamming some standard decks against myself and a fellow streamer, Dokomoy. We're gonna be, you know giving the new uh, meta a try, so no field decks allowed. Uh, And then on Wednesday, I'm streaming Magic, but I don't know what we're playing. But you can come find out on Wednesday at twitch.tv slash Magic. Nope, slash The Mighty Linguini. (laughs) You (laughs)
0: you are on the Magic. You are the Magic Twitch channel. It's just you. One
1: day, one day.
2: Eric, what about you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Conan Hawk. Also on Instagram at Conan Hawk. Uh, and Monday through Friday, I stream on Twitch as long as my travel plans allow it. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. Conan Hawk is spelled C-O-N-A-N-H-A-W-K. And Sean, how about you?
3: Uh, yeah. So I'm not as cool as these other two. So you can just find me on Twitter at Mr. Toolshed and on Facebook.
0: Even though he has smiles on his face, he has frowns on his eyes. That's Sean. That's, that's even worse one.
3: It's a frown on my heart
2: too. Oh, even yes, because he's I casted,
1: thought. he's casted too many fairies. He's not allowed to be happy.
2: No more, no more. I'm done. It takes a piece of your soul every time.
0: Every single time. Well, we hope that uh, we, we've left, we've left a piece of our soul to you, the listener, and we hope that you stick with us going forward here at Fam, Friends and Magic, and uh, that's going to do it for us. My name is Brasky. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Brasky1142, and you can find all of us next week. At Friends and magic. So, for uh, everyone else here on the Swigoi family, we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: My God!
2: Later, you're the
1: best. <laughs> Sassy. What do
2: you want me to do? So much. Later. Peace out. <laughs>